Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We are here to help people experience a life-changing relationship with Jesus. We hope you were blessed with this message from our lead pastor, Zion Douglas, recorded live from Palmerston North, New Zealand. Enjoy. But yeah, so great to be together again and to worship together. And uh, as I was just standing up here uh, before during worship, it's just so good hearing other people sing other than myself during worship. Uh, Sophie has to put up with it. I have to put up with my own voice. But to hear other people sing is just an amazing thing. And uh, really, really just excited as the church comes together even more and more. And and uh, just pack this place out. It's getting louder and louder. I think my mic is. Oh, my goodness. We're just going to keep on going. But uh, whether you're with, you with us here online, fantastic have you here. And uh, I've almost had to go through a time of reconfiguration. Is my mic changed? Can we change it back to what it was? Because that sounded really beautiful, beautiful before. Uh, and uh, over, the last, uh, over the last week or two, and on Wednesday, we had our first uh, staff meeting here at church, which was amazing. As much as I love having a staff meeting where you're just on Zoom. Who loves Zoom still after a few months? I see that hand. I see that hand. After it's, it's so good just being able to pray together out loud rather than just one person praying at a time and, you know, and all that sort of mumbo jumbo. But actually being together is really, really this morning. And uh, I know that things have changed Things are different. I know the future isn't going to look like what it was before. I know that things are going to keep growing and moving and shifting. And so I'm not saying that we're going back to what once was. We're moving forward into what I believe Holy Spirit has for our church in the future. I'm excited about that. I truly believe that what what we've been talking about this year, about a, a new wind of Holy Spirit, I believe it's just an amazing thing that we've really had two months or three months to really put to the test the Holy Spirit in our own homes, in our own lives. I think it's just been an amazing opportunity, but to be back together is awesome. Even the Bible says that being together is awesome. Hebrews 10.25 says, and let us not neglect our meeting together. Someone say amen. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So we're together. We are together here this morning, physically for, for the most part. But this morning, I want to take that a little bit, I want to take that a step further. I know that we're together here right now, but I really want us to just be together, together. And there's a lot of stuff that is happening at the moment. There are, there are, there, there, there's so much strife going on in the world and there's so much pain that is happening. And, you know, I think, you're, you know, unless you live under a rock, you probably have noticed all that has been going on for the last week and Really felt as I, was, as I was preparing for this week, I had another message planned and, and uh, really the Holy Spirit really ruined all of that because He just placed on my heart the fact that, Zion, you can either, you can speak into this or you can let it pass. But this is a moment. You can either kind of just go with what you wanted to do and, and, and move on as a church and kind of talk about what you want to talk about. If you do want to talk about what you want to talk about, I'll bless that because, you know, He's a good God and He's faithful to us. But really felt in this moment, the Holy Spirit put on my heart really to, to share about something that is really uncomfortable for myself. And I believe is probably, probably really uncomfortable for some people here. But as the church, we need to be able to speak about the things that we need to speak about. There is so much going on in the world. There is so much injustice going on. There is so much pain and hurt going on. 
And there are so many voices that are speaking into this very situation. You know that I'm talking about the issue of racism, talking about the, the injustice around the, the death of George, uh, uh, George Floyd. You might have different opinions to me, to me on that, and that's fine. I'm not here this morning to tell you what to think. I'm not here to tell you what to believe, but that's why we come together to church, not to listen to a man, but so that we can, or a boy, whatever, you, you decide, it's fine. <laughs> but so that we can open our ears and open our hearts to what Holy Spirit wants to say to us. Because it's not about my words changing you from the outside in, but it's about allowing Holy Spirit to change us from the inside out. And I would just hope this morning that although we come in with different perspectives, different worldviews and different upbringings and everything else that goes along with that, that we'll be able to walk out of this place, not necessarily saying the same thing, but being together, together in the, what God says about this whole situation. Together, together in the sense that we are going to commit to listening, to leaning on, and to applying what Holy Spirit wants to say to us collectively, but more importantly, as individuals. Come on, so how about we bow our heads wherever you are, and uh, I'll, I'll pray. Heavenly Father, give me the words that need to be said. I pray, Lord, that in this moment, every heart is open to receive what you want to say. Lord, that we can leave at the door any prejudice or our own opinions or the things that maybe that, that, we, that we were taught that, that aren't according to your scriptures and your word, but in this moment today, we commit to leaning on you and opening up our, our, our lives so we can be changed from the inside out. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Everybody said? Amen. Come on, back in church, people. You're not sitting at home in your pajamas any longer. We can participate and I will motivate. Amen. Let's go. Like I said, there's a lot of pain going on at the moment. I, this isn't something that just happens because it happened. People don't just go out onto the street and start protesting and, and everything that goes along with that in a good way. And certainly there have been some bad situations too. I'm not here to say that I condone any looting or violence or anything like that. Of, of course, we are against any violence or, or, or stealing. That is, that, is, that, is, that is completely wrong. But what I am saying is that this doesn't just happen by chance. This doesn't just happen because somebody gets a good idea and everybody kind of flocks to it. This has been something that has been bubbling away, ebbing away, and it's gone to the point that really what happened in America was the, was the turning point, was the tipping point that allowed something like this to just explode into a, a worldwide movement. As a church, we obviously don't agree with everything that's going on and I'm not here to, again, say what, what that is and what that isn't. But what I am here to say is that there are people that are hurting. Hear my heart. I'm not going to necessarily preach as I usually preach. I'm not necessarily going to follow everything I got written down. But there are people in our world and there are people in our nation that for so long have had this hurt and there is no other way that they'll be able to outwork and, and overcome that pain. And as a church and as Christians, as people that love Jesus, really what I'm asking everybody to do, just for a few moments, is to open up your heart, to not be quick to judge, as the scriptures say, all through the word, but be people that can listen and learn 
empathize and be a people that can love first and not judge. I believe wholeheartedly that the gospel addresses racism as as the sin that it is. I'd hope that we'd all agree with that, that racism, thinking of somebody lower than than yourself just because of who they are or their ethnicity, I'd hope that we'd all agree with that. We also believe that racism isn't just a social problem or a political problem. Racism, if you really get down to it, is a problem of the heart. Any sin issue, really, is a problem of the heart. Hear me out this morning. You might not agree with me on everything, and that's okay. Take me out for coffee, and let's have a conversation. I enjoy flat white. But 1 Corinthians 12.26 says, If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And we've got to realize that even today in this room, and even sitting at home, You might be sitting next to somebody that this is something that is so painful. And I don't want to be a church that sings all the right songs. We hear all the right messages and we kind of, you know, handshake, hug and do all the right things that Christians are meant to do and pass by something like this without letting it affect us within us. I know that you're good people. I know that... You want to do the right thing. I know that you didn't come here because you wanted to pick a fight or, you know, start a brawl somewhere in the lounges over there. But it is something I know that we need to, not just in this situation, but in so many areas of our lives, we need to examine what are the prejudices and the things that we have allowed into our hearts that do not belong there. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 to 14 says, God saved You, by His grace, when you believed. It's not by you. It's not by your works. It's not by anything you achieved. I'm sorry, it's not by your good looks or how many seconds that you can run 100 meters in. I don't know why I thought of that, but there you go. It continues, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. First and foremost, we need to understand that we are God's masterpieces. Each and every single one of us, whether you're black, blue, white, or green, we are all created in the image of God. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Verse 11, don't forget that you Gentiles, which is everybody that is not a a, a Jewish person, so essentially probably all of us, You Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from from citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promises God has made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Jesus Christ. Verse 14, for Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one place when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of his hostility 
that separated us. The Jewish people, they were the ones that were separated as God's people. But because of Jesus Christ, we know, not by our works, but by His grace alone, we have free access to a God and we have a relationship with Him. We are not forgiven because of what we do or what we are, who we are. We are forgiven because we place our identity in Christ Jesus. And this is important for us to know because if you accept that and you believe that, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. And part of that means is that no longer are you just another person to me. No longer are we just people kind of just doing our own thing, living our own lives, but we are united in Jesus. We are, uni- we are one people in Christ Jesus. Every single person that calls on the name of the Lord is saved and they are adopted into the family of Jesus Christ. So you might not like the person you're sitting next to. You might not, like, not agree with everything that is going on with the person that is sitting in front of you. I see that. I see that smile. But at the end of the day, we are all family and we are all one in Jesus. Jesus never just intended on us being together in location. He never just intended us being together here on a Sunday morning at 11 o'clock service. Togetherness, though, is what it was in terms of what resides within us is the goal. Not just together physically, but together within who each and every single one of us are. Togetherness in terms of where we are, where we reside is good. Togetherness in terms of what resides within us is the goal. And John 17, 21 says, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another. As I loved you, so you must love one another. Verse 35, by this everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. You know, the world as it was in the Old Testament was under a curse. And that curse was the curse of the Tower of Babel. And in Genesis 11, it gives the, the account of how people wanted to be like God. People wanted to elevate themselves to be as important to Him. And so what did, what did God do? He, he, he brought upon a curse upon people that they were separated based on their ethnicities. I'm not saying that, you know, being who you are is a bad thing. I'm, I'm part Maori and I'm proud of that. Sophie is half Japanese and I'm proud of that too. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing by any, by any chance, but what I am saying is that I, how we identify ourselves was by the fact that we were separated at the Tower Oh, baby, we were, we, were, we were no longer together. But look what happened. Look what happens in Acts when the, when the wind of the Holy Spirit comes. The amazing thing is, is that the Holy Spirit changes everything. The Holy Spirit kind of gives us no chance. It gives us no other option. When you receive Holy Spirit, everything changes. And this is, this is what happens in Acts chapter 2. In verse 1 to 4, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, all the believers were gathered together in one place. Suddenly there was a noise from the sky. We've talked about this verse quite a lot. There was a noise from the sky which sounded like a strong wind blowing. Sound familiar? And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they saw what looked like tongues of fire which spread out and touched each person there. 
they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to talk in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. The amazing thing about the Holy Spirit when He first came and, and came into each and every, all the believers, all the believers' lives, the first thing that happens was a restoration of languages. And the amazing thing is, if you read a little bit further, I'm sure some of you would have read more than that, but then people that were there from different corners of, of the earth, from different places, were saying, those people are speaking in my language. I think that's just an amazing thing, the Holy Spirit. That's the first thing that would happen. We were cursed with separation, but now we are blessed with restoration. No longer are we people that are separated and identify with, with each other because I'm over here and you're over there and you know we don't want anything to do with each other. But to, today, by the Holy Spirit, that is restored between each and every single one of us. Where once we were separated by race, we're now united by Holy Spirit. In Galatians 2, Paul goes to the uh, church in Antioch and, and he sees Peter. And, uh, and, and, and Peter tells a story about how Peter, he was doing a great job. And then Paul turns up a little while later and he's like, what are you doing? What's going on? Before this was happening, before it tells, it says that some Jewish men turn up from Jerusalem to come into the church. And before that, Peter was embracing everybody. Paul was sitting around and enjoying fellowship with all people, Jews, Gentiles, everybody. But as soon as these people come from Jerusalem, these, these Jewish men that said that the law is what is important, what happens is that Peter then decides that he's only going to spend his time fellowshipping with Jews just like him. And Paul comes in and he says, what are you doing? You are not meant to separate yourself from people that are different to you with the Holy Spirit. And the purpose of the church is to embrace every person, no matter what background or ethnicity they come from. Now this morning, if you're wondering if myself or anybody here has any of the answers, obviously the answer to that is no. But this morning, I really want to just give everybody here just three prayers that I've been praying myself over this week. And the reason why this is so important is because I prayed these prayers at the beginning of the week, and I kind of started off in a, in a sense of didn't want to get involved, didn't want to say anything about it, didn't really kind of want to put my foot into the water and kind of stir any trouble or anything like that. And so I just held off, and I, and I prayed some of these prayers, and it wrecked me. <laughs> So the first prayer that I'd love us all to pray, because we know that it's not about becoming better, but it's allowing Holy Spirit to come within us and changing us from the inside out. The first prayer that I'd love, love you to write down and just to pray this prayer when you, when you have time, simply this, Jesus, break my heart for what breaks yours. Break my heart for what breaks yours. And this is potentially the most dangerous prayer that you ever pray, because when you pray a prayer, like this, you can be guaranteed that God will respond. Another dangerous prayer to pray is use me. I prayed that before, uh, before and then a few months later, I went back to God and I started praying, God, why do I feel so used? Well, it's because, you know. So if you pray this prayer, just be ready for the fact that your heart is going to start breaking for the things that 
God's heart starts break, uh, is breaking for too. Ezekiel 36, 26, it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And through the Bible, there's people that their hearts are broken by God, and, and namely Jeremiah, he was, he was a prophet in the Old Testament, and he served with a broken heart. He was called the weeping prophet because his heart broke so much over the people of Israel. He would go to, as, the, as the prophet of God, he would go to the, the people of Israel, and you know what happens when you go to some people and you tell them exactly what to do? You know what happens? Who are you to tell me what to do? So that's essentially the response that he got from the people of Israel. And I'm sure that if you're sitting there thinking, who are you to tell me what to do? Let me tell you, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. All I'm asking from you is for you to pray these prayers to give your heart, allow your heart to be open for the Holy Spirit to come and change you from the inside out. It's not a person's words that will change anybody. It is only by God's grace that we are changed. Even Jesus, fully man, fully God, on earth, his heart was broken time and again. And it's what moved him to do what he did. This is Matthew 9.36. He, he was moved with compassion because they were weary and worn out, like sheep without a shepherd. He performed miracles because he was moved with compassion for people. Before the feeding of the 5,000, he's on the boat and he sees the people and, 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 and kind of they didn't have any food and some people needed to be healed. And so he, the Bible says that he was moved with compassion. He got out of the boat and he went to them and healed them and then eventually fed them lunch, which is pretty awesome. He was moved by compassion. He was moved because his heart was broken for the things that God's heart was broken for too. And God's heart breaks for the injustice that happens in our world. So firstly, pray the prayer. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Secondly, I love us to pray this prayer. Jesus, let me see others the way you do. This is so important for us to see others the way that Jesus sees them. It's far too easy to judge people based on what we see with our own eyes. I'm sure you do it because I know that I fall into that trap sometimes too. You see someone walking by and you, and you can't help yourself but kind of make presumptions about somebody before they've even opened up their mouth. The amazing thing is, is that I know is that when we have a correct understanding of how God sees us, we will always see others as they're meant to be. So for you today, if you don't know how God sees you, I want to reaffirm the fact that you're a child of God, that you're made in His image, that you're formed in your mother's womb by a God that cares and delights over you. And when you understand that and you carry that, when you carry a correct sense of your identity in Him, you can't help but see others as the children of God that they are too. And this happens in 1 Samuel 16, when the prophet Samuel comes to anoint the next king of Israel. And he comes to the man Jesse and he asks Jesse, do you have some sons? And Jesse's like, yeah, I've got some sons. I've got some really great sons. I'll bring all the ones that I think will be worthy of this. So he brings up all the sons, all the good looking ones, the tall and the great. And, and Jesse's the father saying, surely one of my great sons will be the next king of Israel. But the prophet comes by and God says to him, do not look, people look. But the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at their outward appearance, 
but the Lord looks at the heart. And so these sons go by, and then the prophet, there's, there's no more sons left. So he says, there, is there anybody else? Do you have another son? She says, oh, yeah, I've got another son. He's way out in the, way out in the fields. I'll bring him in. And that's the one that God anoints as the next king of Israel, who his father even didn't think was worthy of having the opportunity to stand before the prophet. God saw David's heart, and that's what we're meant to see too. Yes, people may not look like you. People might not even like you. People might not have the same personality as you. You might be the most introvert of introverts, and they might be the most extrovert of extroverty things, whatever, however you say that. Whatever it might be, we need to be people that don't define people by what they look like or what they're doing. We need to see people the way, they, the way that God intends them to be seen. I know this is a really simple message, but I really believe that some people this morning need to hear this. They're a child of God. And every person that walks through our house, if you're watching online this morning, you've never been to Life Church, I'd hope that when you walk into this place, that you don't have to worry about all the baggage, all the stuff, all the things that are going on in your life, because what you're walking into is a group of people that have a past, but we know that we have a future in Jesus Christ. He forgives what has been, and he gives us a hope and a, a purpose for our future. The third one, the third prayer I love us to pray is simply this. Jesus, give me opportunities to love inconveniently. And that one's a tough one. Jesus, give me opportunities to love inconveniently because it is easy when we can love people when it suits us. We, it's easy to love people when it's on our time, when we've got space for it, when we've got the mental capacity for it, when it's not a bother to us. But what I really want us to pray as we head into our week is to be able to pray a prayer that puts us in a place that we have no option but to love people even when it is in, inconvenient to us. We've got to be those sorts of people. We don't just come to church, sit in great chairs, go through life, wonderful, sing songs, and go about our day. Or let's pray that we'd be interrupted. Let's pray for the, the moments this week, whatever it may be. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe the Holy Spirit speaks to you about the person that's standing in front of you in the line. You know, don't touch them or anything like that. You're still not allowed to do that, I don't think. Or whatever it may be, a family member that you, you feel Holy Spirit is telling you to reach out to. Maybe it's to be generous in, in, a, in a way to somebody that you see walking by or whatever it may be. Let's be people who don't just talk the talk or go through the good feelings, but let's be people who really are willing to do whatever it takes, even when it doesn't suit us. Mother Teresa said, Oh God, we pray for all those in our world who are suffering from injustice, for those who are discriminated against because of their race, color, or religion, for those in prison for working for the relief of oppression, for those who are hounded for speaking the inconvenient truth, for those who are tempted to, to violence as a cry against overwhelming hardship, for those deprived of reasonable health and education, for those suffering from hunger and famine, for those too weak to help themselves and who have no one else to help them. For the, um, for the unemployed who cry out for work but do not find it. We pray for anyone of our, of our acquaintance who is personally affected by injustice. Forgive us, Lord, 
If we unwittingly share in the conditions of, or in a system that perpetuates injustice, show us how we can serve your children and make your love practical by washing their feet. Let's make a decision to allow racism to have no part in our church. But even more than that, for it to have no place in our hearts. Pray those prayers this week, I encourage you. And allow Holy Spirit to come and change you from the inside out. Amen? There's no place. There's no place. We celebrate ethnicities. We, we, we love the fact that we are, we, we, you know, we're not just one ethnic group. I love the fact that our church looks different. But somebody who said to me, or said this week, that I just was like, oh, taken aback by. So often we talk about wanting heaven or wanting our church to look like heaven. We talk about that a lot, right? But man, it would just be awesome if our church looked like heaven. Oh, every, every creed, every person, every whatever, every background, just looking, like, just looking like heaven. I'd love that. And that's a prayer that I have for this church. And then he said something more. He said, how can we pray for our church to look like heaven when not even our dinner table looks like heaven? And how can we pray for our, how can we want our dinner table to look like heaven when our friendship group doesn't look like heaven? So I encourage you, whatever it takes for you this week, to go beyond what is convenient for you and to love people, not because you're forced to or because you think that somebody is telling you to, but it's because the Holy Spirit is leading you to love and accept those that are around you. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can comment, subscribe, or share it with your friends. For more information, visit us at lifechurchpn.co.nz. Have a blessed week.